ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 7 of Oral Presentations. We did it. Look at this. Second one this week. Back to work special. What do you think? I was just going to give you one? Also, that was a lot of, like, research. That was a pretty research-intense episode on Magneto Gorse. I hope you guys liked it. But, it, I mean, maybe you didn't. And I found this other thing I want to talk about. Guys, does anybody know what the fuck the Curse of the Hope Diamond is? I didn't know. I found it. And I was like, I don't even know what that curse is, dude. So here we go. Second one of the week. Why not? You invite me to dinner, dude. I'm bringing a whole crock pot. All right? I bring a crock pot. I got lasagna. And if you want to get crazy, dude, I got fucking Elio's pizza in my car afterwards. You invited me to dinner. Well, am I going to show up empty-handed with a fucking smile? Fuck no. Second episode of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, oral presentations, episode seven, The Curse of the Hope Diamond. All right. Oh, real quick, before we start, uh, if any of those high school kids that I mentioned a while back that found this are listening, heads up. I made a, there's an email for this podcast. I think it's oralpresentationspod at gmail.com. I'll put it up on the Instagram post on this one, what the actual email address is. Yo, high school kids, if you guys get your fucking spring reading list, like when you guys go back to school, if you get your spring reading list of like books you're going to have to write papers on or whatever, and here's the thing. I don't think I can get in trouble for this, but it would be really fucking fun. Send me your the reading list of the, the materials that you might have to write fucking papers on and let me know which one that you want to write a paper on, and I'll do an episode on that book, dude. I'll just break it down. Oh, dude, I, <laughs> like, look. I can't promise you an A or a B or anything, but I th- I'll do all the fucking research for you. I'll do a whole episode, but just don't tell anybody. Like, don't tell your teachers and shit. I don't know. I don't think I can get in trouble for it. But, yo, if you are one of those high school kids listening to this and you get your fucking spring reading list, send it to me and be like, I want to do this book. And then give me a little bit of time and I'll do an episode on it and you'll have a fucking ready-made paper, dude. I'll make it. I'll make like callback, like string together themes and shit for you. Nobody will fucking know about it. Just don't tell anybody. I'll give you like the literally the best cliff notes I can on it. So, I mean, you can use it if you want, but I just, I thought of that. I thought that'd be really funny. I'll get that out of the way. So we're on episode seven, dude. Curse of the Hope Diamond. You know, I'm, I'm a sucker for a curse. If you heard the fucking King Todd episode, I love it. I love it. There's not, there's no, I don't know of any new curses being made, but there's a handful of them. I'm probably going to do an episode on the curse of the monkey's paw. Dude, I just love PG 13 horror, you know, where it's kind of like, I don't know what, you know, I saw hostile in the theaters. That was a little much for me. It's kind of fucking gross. They're hostile too, where they were like cutting that person. I was like, this is too much. Dude, I need more. Give me some more mythology. Give me some more, give me some story to it, dude. Give me the hope diamond. That's what I'm saying. Right. All right. So curse of the hope diamond. Here we go. The stone itself was discovered in India in the 1600s, all right? And it was discovered by a French gem merchant named Jean-Baptiste Tavernier. Oh, by the way, this is definitely the second, like, this is such a sensual topic, dude. Looking into this, like, there's so many, like, just sexy (laughs) parts of it, which is weird that I started this episode by fucking addressing the high schoolers who listen to this. Sorry, that's a weird parent. But yeah, it's like, dude, this whole story sounds like vampires should be whispering it to each other, dude. It's so sensual. All right. 1600s, India. This is where most of the diamonds came from uh, back in the day. India had diamond mines. They were fucking mining them. So John Baptiste Tavernier is a French gem merchant. And as the story goes of the Hope Diamond, the legend, 
he fucking uh he used a dagger and he stole an eye a uh, uh, giant diamond eye out of a statue of the goddess Ramasita fucking stole it and rolled went back to France that's the that's the curse version of it right but then there's also like cuz this is such an old fucking curse there's a bunch of different versions of this so I'll I'll just explain it the best I can so either he fucking daggered an eye out of a sacred statue of Ramasita or he impressed the king so much, the king just gave him this giant fucking blue diamond, and then he took it back to France. There's accounts on both sides, but, you know, if we're doing the vampire the sexy language, come on now. You know he stole that fucking eye out of that statue, and Ramasita cursed him and anyone else who would come in contact with this stone, dude. All right, so Hope Diamond is back in France. Jean-Baptiste Tavernier takes it back to France. It's 1668. He fucking is like, yo, anybody want this? King Louis XIV, the Sun King at the time, he loves gems, loves them. He's like, hey, I will buy that off you right now. Oh, my God, can't wait. I don't give a fuck if it's cursed or not. Doesn't matter to me. So he buys it. King Louis XIV names it the French Blue, right? But up until now, the Hope Diamond is 114 carats, which is fucking huge. It's like the size of like a like half a hockey puck, or they said a deviled egg. It's a fucking big-ass diamond, but it's uncut. And it was uncut because in India, it was bad luck to cut diamonds in the 1600s. They were like, they're so fucking hard to cut. Only the gods should cut diamonds. So any diamonds we find, we leave them uncut because to cut them is terrible luck. You wouldn't want to do that. And allegedly, there's already kind of a curse on this one. But King Louis XIV buys it. And he's like, I'm cutting this fucking thing. What are you talking about, dude? I'm putting this thing on a velvet rope around my neck, dude. What? Are you serious? Of course I'm cutting this thing. So King Louis gets it cut by a, a gemstone smith man. But don't know what that guy's called, gemstone smith. I could have just been confident and been like blacksmith of gems, but that's not true. I don't know what the fuck who cuts this thing, especially in 1668 France. But somebody, a gemsmith, fucking cuts the thing. Goes from 112 carats to 67 carats, almost half its size. But that's not uncommon, apparently, when you cut diamonds. You're going to lose a lot of diamond. When you cut it and put it in a setting. So King Louis fucking cuts it. Puts it on a silk ribbon around his neck, dude. Just wears it. Loves it. Right? Doesn't give a shit about the curse. Now, the first victim, according to the uh, Hope Diamond curse lore, is uh, apparently Tavernier got torn apart by dogs. Which is tough. So, Jem Smith, torn apart by dogs. Uh, that's the Lord of the Curse, but also, allegedly, there's a grave found in Russia with the guy's name on it, and he might have died at 72, or torn apart by dogs, you know? History is all about interpretation. I like to believe in the puppy theory there. Yeah, you got caught by the dogs, dude. All right, 1715, King Louis dies of gangrene. That wasn't that uncommon, but that sucked. People are bummed. People liked King Louis Fourteenth. His son takes over, Louis Fifteenth. Everybody's like, we kind of hate this fucking guy. He has it reset into a necklace. Great move, dude. Fucking dies of smallpox <laughs> right away. He counts as a cursed victim. That's 1749. 1774, Louis XVI, which you may have heard of because this is the dude who's in power when the French Revolution gets going. So Louis XVI inherits the stone along with his Austrian wife, Marie Antoinette, who is played by, I forget her name, but I remember that movie. And she was like the young vampire. If you watch Interview with a Vampire, sidebar. If you watch Interview with a Vampire with Brad, <laughs> with Brad Pitt, dude, that is, these are the people 
who are talking about the Hope Diamond. That whole movie is so hilariously kind of sexy the whole time. I will watch Interview with the Vampire with anybody and laugh my ass off. But anyway, Louis XVI, Marie Antoinette, inherit the Hope Diamond. July 14th, 1789, French Revolution pops off. Uh-oh. So they're in possession of the Hope Diamond. King Lou and fucking Marie, they try to roll. They just leave the stone in 1792. Unfortunately... If you know how the French Revolution played out, they just started lobbing off heads at some point. They were just like, let's get it, dude. Roll them down. So Louis Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette get their fucking heads cut off. Um, and they were in possession of the Hope Diamond. So technically, Ramasita gets those two kills. And that's monarchy kills. They're probably worth like time and a half. All right. So after Louis Louis Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette get their fucking heads cut off, the stone is just chilling and... Their fucking their whole house gets robbed by the peasantry in the French Revolution, and it gets robbed for like a week straight. People are just ransacking shit. They're partying. They're getting fucked up, drinking while they're robbing. That must have been so fun. Apparently, especially where all the jewels were kept, the robbery took like a week, and like it just got bigger and bigger. At the end of it, it was like I don't know, it was just a bunch of people hanging out playing techno, fucking stealing gems. They were having a great time, right? So the stone gets. Fucking lost. Nobody knows where it goes for a long time. French Revolution happens. Two people get their heads cut off. People are like, where the fuck did I even go? It doesn't pop back up until 1812 when there's allegedly a bill of sale that pops up in England and it's like a a drawing of a crown. I don't even know if this counts as proof. I've, I've seen the drawing. It's like, it looks like the Hope Diamond, but it also just looks like some kid drew a blue sun. I don't know, but they say that that technically is documented. 1812, bill of sale for what looks to be the Hope Diamond shows up. Doesn't really fucking matter because it gets lost immediately again. We don't know where it is until 1830. So it's bopping around. Ramasita doesn't know who to fuck up. We don't know where the stone is. 1830, King George IV of England buys it. And we only know that because there's an oil painting of King George IV wearing it. And like just chilling with a necklace. He liked gems. Um... So that's how we know that King George had it, just because we got that one picture of him, right? So 1830, where it now becomes named the Hope Diamond uh, is when Henry Philip Hope pays 30,000 pounds for it. And that's where it gets the name. And when I asked my mom before I did this episode, yo, what would you want to know about the Hope Diamond if, I, if you were listening to a thing about it? She was like, one, great, and how big is it? And two, why is it called hope? Is it like the emotion hope or is it a name or what's going on there? So it is an actual dude's name. Henry Philip Hope bought it for 30,000 pounds. So in 1839, uh, Henry Philip Hope publishes a catalog, which I guess rich people do to show their shit off to other rich people of like, look at all this stuff I got. Uh, And that's where it's branded the Hope Diamond. Like, how much bad shit has really happened so far? You know what I'm saying? This curse is a little bit weak, in my opinion, as opposed to the King Tut curse, which was like, although you you can't really compare curses, because the King Tut curse was like a physical location that was cursed, and this is more like a trinket that's fucking people up. So I think they're like kind of different, different, I don't know. Like Cuban baseball players and American baseball players, they're just different, they're not better or worse. I'm not sure. I don't know how the fuck I landed on baseball there. Jesus Christ. All right. Here's where some bad shit starts to happen. 1894, Lord Francis Hope inherits it. This dude loves gambling and loves women and loves fucking his life up. 
You can't, this, again, a lot of this curse is kind of like, I don't know, man, is this just rich people fucking making shit up and making excuses for themselves? Or is this actually a cursed Ramesita demon? I don't know. So Lord Francis Hope inherits it. He loves gambling, gambling, he loves gambling and he loves women. He marries American showgirl May Yoi. Now this is, so Lord Francis Hope came to America, was chilling out, went to like a show and saw this dancer and May Yoi was like, just from rural, she was from Bethlehem, PA. She was just some like doing dancing. She was like a hot. I've seen these kind of girls before with like rural PA girls that are super pretty. I totally understand Lord Francis Hope. I get it, dude. So he went and he saw one of her shows, and he he got so horny he started eating buttons off his coat. <laughs> he loved it. He was like, oh my god. So he goes and he's like, oh my god, please marry me. I love you. Oh, May Yoy's big uh, claim to fame on stage, I found out, was that she used to wear one uh, knicker above her knee. So you had big socks on. You're wearing like a circus tent. This isn't, I don't know. I'm jealous of dudes that used to think this is like super sexy. I, I wish I had that brain. But like she wore, she like had a kneecap out. And that's where everybody was like, holy shit, kneecap. So she was really popular, and then, you know, Lord Francis Hope falls in love with her. He has a diamond, so he gives a diamond to his babe. He's like, babe, wear this diamond. It's kind of cursed, but it's big and pretty, and you're pretty, and, you know, I'm sure nothing's going to happen. <laughs> he fucks his life up. Lord Francis Hope cannot stop fucking gambling, dude. May Yoy is like, you stink, I'm done, fuck this, dude, and she's really popular on stage at this point, by the way, So, because Lord Francis Hope has one of those Princess Diana titles where he's like royalty or whatever. So he takes her and blows up her show business career in England. So she's really popular on stage. And then she's like, ew, dude, you suck. I'm fucking divorcing you. Yikes, dude. Whatever. Leaves the actual Hope Diamond with Lord Francis Hope, but makes a replica. And then she just goes on to have an awesome career, uh, you know, with a replica Hope Diamond all around her neck, talking about the curse and showing her one kneecap off. Oh, there, there is reports that, like, Lord Francis Hope was so fucking sad after the breakup that he would he would go to, the her, like, her shows. He would go to her shows wearing the real Hope Diamond, and there was accounts of him just watching her sing and crying openly. It's like, oh, my God, dude. Come on, man. Start texting your friends, dude. It's not, you gotta stop going to her shows, man. That's fucking terrible. You're just crying. Dude, and... What year was that in? That was like 18 fucking... That was like 1900. Do you know how many times you have to cry at your ex's shows in the year 1900 for a guy in 2020 to have learned about it and then talk about it? <laughs> that guy was fucking crying his eyes out and pissing his pants for like <laughs> at least a month straight for that to be able to trickle down all those years to me. Whew, dude. You're all right. Hang in there, Frank. <laughs> right? So he's fucking miserable. Uh, so she, uh, May Yoy eventually becomes unpopular on stage. People are like, ah, kind of fuck off, lady. Ah, we feel bad. And so she ends up owning a bed and breakfast in New England, and, uh, that burns down. <laughs> that burns down, and that is, so people say May Yoy's life was cursed because the bed and breakfast she ended up at, and she ended up poor, fucking burned down, but it's like, I don't know, that kind of feels like rich people making stuff up. You had a pretty good stage career there for a while. I don't know. If that's a curse, dude, let me talk to you about King Tut choked the guy's fucking dog out, okay? Like, this curse better pick up a little bit. I need some bodies, dude. Anyway, 1901, Francis Hope, 
<laughs> still probably crying his eyes out to anybody that'll talk to him. Uh, he sells the Hope Diamond to pay off gambling debts, dude. He's he's living the song Ba with the Ba, dude. He fucking cannot keep it together, right? So he sells the Hope Diamond. He's fucked. And after he sells it, he loses his leg in a hunting accident. Whoops. His wife leaves him. New wife. She's gone. So now he's alone with two kids. So people say the Hope Diamond fucking <laughs> ruined him, right? He dies at 75. But again, here's what I'm saying. That's that's not a great life. I mean, some shit happened, but you died at 75. You're rich your whole life. You had like a hot rural PA girl for a while. That's great. That's not that bad of a cursed life, man. Again, if you're living till 75, fucking talk to Gary Munson, dude. All right, so 1909, Pierre Cartier buys it. So it's getting, after after Francis sold it for his gambling debts, it gets passed around a little bit. But 1909 is when it really hits the world stage because Pierre Cartier, French jeweler extraordinaire, buys it. So, and this is the Cartier that you have no doubt heard from numerous Yin Yang Twin songs. This is the Cartier, dude. So he buys it, and this is part of the Cartier lore. So 1909... He's, and he's known as the best gem gem man, gem merchant in uh, in France. So he goes and he's like, fuck yeah, I can sell this. I can make some money off this. So he buys it. Uh, after he buys it, he meets with a woman named Evelyn Walsh McLean. Now, Evelyn Walsh McLean grew up super poor in America, living in like a boxcar with her dad, who was a gold prospector. And then... There will be blood happened, and this dude found a vein of gold that was worth like $7 million out of fucking nowhere. So this is, Evelyn Walsh McLean is like the daughter of Daniel Day-Lewis, pretty much from There Will Be Blood with the oil thing and money out of nowhere, right? So Evelyn Walsh McLean uh, inherits a ton of, she's the heir to a gold fortune. It's awesome, right? So Cartier's like, she's got a ton of money, I bet I can sell this fucking thing to this lady, right? So... And there's speculation that Cartier is actually the guy who invented this whole Hope Diamond myth. Because when he goes to sell it to Evelyn Walsh McLean, he tells the narrative of Ramasita and uh, the whole uh, the cursed uh, Tavernier, the French Revolution. It's a cursed thing. And he knows that Evelyn Walsh McLean is one of those new money rich people who like likes to kind of thumb in the eye of like old money rich people. And Evelyn Walsh McLean is famous for saying that, like, oh, things are bad luck for other people, for me, because of how my life is. Guess what? They're good luck for me. How about that? Like, she got a little streak of go fuck yourself for the old aristocracy. So she is already enticed into buying a cursed object. And she's rich as shit. Why not? What else are you doing? Right? So Cartier makes up this whole thing. And the reason that there's speculation that Cartier made it up is that there's a one of the first, and it's referred to as like maybe the first detective novel of all time, was written in the 1800s. It's a book called Moonstone, and it was uh, written by Wilkie Collins. And there's it's almost the exact fucking story that Cartier told Evelyn Walsh McLean about. You know, a British soldier stole the eye off a statue of Ramasita and caused the curse. And right, so Evelyn Walsh McLean's interested. But she's also like, ah, I don't really like the setting. Thanks, but no thanks. Cartier still has the stone, but he doesn't try to sell it to anybody else. He knows that he's got her on the line if you just wait it out. So Cartier gives it some time, and then he resets the diamond into a tiara. And then in 1911, meets with Evelyn Walsh McLean again and is like, hey, what do you think? Come on. Remember me? 
And then he, he does the sales tactic thing where he leaves it at her place for like the weekend. And then at the end of the weekend, you've already become kind of accustomed to it. So you're like, of course, I'm just, I mean, money's nothing to me. I'm going to fucking buy that thing. I love it. Right. So she wears the fuck out of the hope diamond, the thumb in the eye of the old aristocracy because they're like, Oh, it's cursed. She needs to watch out and nothing really bad happens to her right away. So she's having a good time wearing the hope diamond being like, I'm not cursed. What's up? Don't worry about it. But she is worried privately because Evelyn and her husband who, Oh, she marries the dude who owns the Washington post, right? Evelyn and her husband, uh, they take the stone to go get exercised by a Catholic priest. And there's two accounts of this. The one account that's more of like the lure of the Hope Diamond is that when they took the stone to go get exercised by the priest, while the ceremony was happening in the church, the church got fucking struck by lightning and Evelyn Walsh McLean blacked out. <laughs> that's like one account of it. But then in Evelyn Walsh McLean's own journal, she was like, oh, I was relieved and the lightning struck a tree, but it didn't bother me at all. But I don't know, that lady kind of was full of shit her whole life. So <laughs> I, don't know, I like to think that she blacked out. All right, so they took it to the priest. They get an exercise. She's having an okay time. Curse doesn't really hit her until later on, right? But when it hits her, it does hit her with some, with some bad luck here. All right, so her mother-in-law dies suddenly. That's kind of... I mean, people die, but apparently it happened out of nowhere. And then in quick succession, Evelyn Walsh McLean, young son, Vincent. So Evelyn Walsh McLean was chilling at the Kentucky Derby with her husband, left her kids at home. Her youngest son, Vincent, was hanging out with like a fruit vendor. He goes and runs in the street, gets hit by a car. But from all accounts, it was a slow-moving car. And they really hit home on that. Like, that fucking matters. I mean, I guess. But apparently got hit by a slow-moving car, fell into a coma, unconscious, uh, unfortunately passed away. And that is attributed to the curse, which is super sad. And they also speculate that maybe with modern-day medical technology, that kid could have been saved. But, hey, curse the Hope Diamond, Ramasita, looking at you. And then after the the youngest son dies, then the older brother of Evelyn Walsh McLean, or the older brother of the son who died, another son of Evelyn Walsh McLean, she buys him a red Mercedes. Chauffeur drives it off a fucking bridge. She's actually in the car when it happens. The chauffeur tried to fucking take the shortcut on Rainbow Road, and it didn't work out. So the second son died. Uh, Evelyn Walsh McLean then had an injury where her one leg was shorter than the other. People blame that on the Hope Diamond. And um, after that, I mean, that's enough trauma that both Evelyn Walsh McLean and her husband slip into a decade of alcoholism. And Evelyn Walsh McLean also starts like sipping on lean drinking a lot of morphine on top of that so that's not fun 10 years of that and then they uh they get a divorce finally fall out of love 10 years of alcoholism together husband delivers divorce papers on christmas for a little razzle dazzle hope diamond getting crazy i don't know that's nice but people are mean as fuck during divorce so again you can't really say that's the curse dude this is a fun sidebar evelyn walsh mclean who's now divorced alcoholism working through things. Charles Lindbergh's baby gets kidnapped at this time. And for some reason, Evelyn Walsh McLean is like, I can solve this. She takes a hundred thousand dollars and hires Gaston means who's an ex FBI agent, but he was known as being corrupt as fuck. So she gives him a hundred K and he's like, yeah, I'll find this baby. It's fine. He like runs over to Mexico and he didn't find shit. It's a wild goose chase. She gives him a hundred grand. And so that's attributed to the hope diamond that Evelyn Walsh McLean started frivolously wasting her money because she was slowly kind of going insane from all the trauma that the hope diamond had caused her, which I understand that could be Ramasita. I could see that. 
1939, Evelyn Walsh McLean has to sell the Washington Post. Um, she is totally out of money. I mean, she lived a lavish lifestyle for a long time, but she never checked herself at all. Spiling out of control alcoholism, spent all her money. She has to sell the Washington Post. And so famously, as Evelyn Walsh McLean is outside and they are auctioning off the fucking Washington Post that she loves, she tries to trade anybody the actual Hope Diamond for just the Washington Post, which would be a really good deal because people are paying almost nothing for the Washington Post because they know that she's fucked. So, I mean, the diamond's worth way more, but everybody at that auction is like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want that thing. That's all you. She loses the Washington Post and famously hits a low in her life. And then she sells off her properties. She has a change of heart. Uh, she gets her addictions under control and sells off all the properties that she doesn't use. She keeps one. And she actually starts doing charity work for injured war veterans and for guys. That's like becomes the purpose of her life. She totally turns her life around from like a rich frivolous thing to helping out injured war veterans. And apparently she like kind of threw parties for him. Like she had a house with a swimming pool and she had like local girls come up and like serve them stuff and say hi. It seems like a really nice thing. Ramasit is not done with her though. Uh, apparently Evelyn Walsh McLean's 19 year old daughter at one point uh, starts dating a 57 year old man. Uh, 57, this is blamed on the Hope Diamond curse. Uh, and the man was also Evelyn Walsh McLean's ex-boyfriend. So this is what I, I kind of touched on this earlier that this whole curse is kind of like rich people making excuses. Cause I don't, I mean, I feel like if you were the mom there, you know, you don't blame that on Ramasita. You let that dude, I mean, you knew him and you, like, that's your, I mean, it's hard to admit when you're wrong, you know. I, I, I get it, <laughs> but dude, I, I, you can't you can't blame Rami for that one. Evelyn Walsh McLean fucking dies, uh, and nobody knows what to do with the Hope Diamond when this happens. It happens kind of suddenly. There's a group of dudes who are like, "The Hope Diamond's in there. We should do something about that," but they don't really know where to put it. There's no banks in D.C. where she lives that are have enough insurance to hold the Hope Diamond. So they're kind of like, Jesus, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. So they hide it in a cigar box for a night. And then a Supreme Court justice takes it to a, a large enough secure location to be able to hold it before it can be sold off as uh, part of Evelyn Walsh McLean's property. When it is sold off, it's bought by a man named Harry Winston. And this guy, uh, not a huge fan of him, uh, because his whole plan was, I'm going to buy the Hope Diamond. And then this dude is more or less responsible for why diamonds are so popular uh, and interconnected with love in American society. He buys the Hope Diamond, puts it with a bunch of other jewels, puts, them on, puts a tour together, tours all these fucking diamonds around, and then talks about how diamonds are a girl's best friend, diamonds are love, diamonds are a symbol of this. And in doing that, he causes a bunch of business. Everybody has to buy diamonds now for fucking marriage now because of this guy, because of the Hope Diamond, you know, but that's not, they, they don't say that that's caused by the Hope Diamond, Harry Winston, you know, but in my opinion, that's like the worst thing to come out of this, dude. Fucking, you gotta buy diamonds now? I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying. All right, so Harry Winston makes everybody in America have to buy a fucking diamond for your for your fiance now, and then eventually, like, he does have some bad luck. His first wife does die of a brain tumor which is super sad. And then he has an aunt suffer a long, slow, painful death. Again, I don't know. 
are you really going to call that part of the curse? I mean, I feel like Tut, the King Tut curse was pretty clear, dude. He was killing people at the right time, at the right thing. It's Hope Time and Curse. I mean, look, I I would be scared if I was with in the same room as the Hope Diamond, but I am definitely superstitious. I fall for magic very easily. I remember I was watching a show, like uh, that Magic Revealed kind of shit, where they do tricks and then they show you. I was watching it with a girlfriend, and I didn't know any of them. She, like, knew what was happening as soon as it happened. Like, we watched a truck disappear, and I was so baffled. I was like, I don't know how they did that. And she was like, she, they put it on hooks. It's just a, I bet they took the engine out so they could lift it when they lift the curtain. And I was like, I don't know. That might just be a giant, like, maybe the stage is a parking garage, and then the elevator can take it down. <laughs> so I fall for magic. I don't really have a good brain for detecting tricks. So I would be scared of the Hope Diamond, but I, I would call myself superstitious. Anyway, so Harry Winston tours it around, makes a bunch of money, and eventually is like, fuck it. I'm going to donate it to America. We're gonna get, I'm going to donate to the Smithsonian. I feel like America's a great place. There's no monarchy, so there's no fucking crown jewels. I'm going to get American crown jewels started. I'm going to donate this to the fucking Smithsonian. Here you go. So now, I mean, the current location of the Hope Diamond is the Smithsonian uh, in D.C. People can see it. Um, but when he does it, uh, he donates it, but he just mails it. And this is where we get to my favorite part of the story and the final victim of the Curse of the Hope Diamond. So Harry Winston mails the diamond to the Smithsonian and it's delivered just by a fucking mailman. Regular guy doing his job. His name was James Todd, right? So within the year of just delivering this package and now the fucking Hope Diamond to the Smithsonian, James Todd, how many other packages he had that day? James Todd, within the year... Gets his leg crushed by a truck. <laughs> heals up. Gets hit by another truck. Not as bad, but still pretty bad. Loses his wife. <laughs> Part of his house burns down. I would say that that mailman... <laughs> if you listen to the first episode, you know I love a good mailman tale. Um, but, yeah, in the first episode, a Cuban mailman had a redemption story where he came in fourth in a, in a marathon... And this one, the Curse of the Hope Diamond, right at the very end, dude, a mailman gets fucking drilled. <laughs> he gets walloped out of nowhere. Oh, so that is, uh, and they blame that. They say, James Todd, that was a Hope Diamond, dude. Lost a leg, lost your wife, house burned down. Dude, he's just a government employee. <laughs> feel, if the Ramesseed is doing that, I mean, I, it's pretty fucked up that right at the end, she just hit a poor guy. Just a government dude. Everybody else is kind of like monarch or rich, and that's why I don't really feel bad about this curse. But I do feel for James Todd, <laughs> crushed by a truck within the year. But he's just doing his job. And a fun side note about the curse of the Hope Diamond. So the, the Hope Diamond currently resides in the Smithsonian. Now, it, people kind of know about the curse of the Hope Diamond, and apparently there's a small sect of people that when bad shit happens to America... The Smithsonian still, like, will receive handwritten letters being like, you gotta get rid of that fucking thing. Like, when 9-11 happened, the Smithsonian called a handful of letters are like, you gotta shoot that thing at the sun or something. The, the reason that happened, because the hope, I had no idea there was that whole sect of crazy people in America. That's, that's, that was fun to learn about. So, if you ever see something real bad happen in the news, there are, it, just keep in mind, the manager of the Smithsonian is going to have to get, like, four to seven letters from people being like, you got to throw that thing out. It is killing us. So that is the that is the curse of the Hope Diamond, guys. 
as the second one uh, for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, not as not as brutal as uh, as the King Tut curse, but I don't know. I thought it was really interesting, and but, but a lot of it was just that one lady's life. I was doing this research, and it's like this is mostly about one lady. I don't. But the beginning's fun, and yeah, it's a fun story. What are you gonna do? Anyway, guys, episode seven, oral presentations. I hope Diamond can't thank you enough for listening, and uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. I hope you guys have a great week.